You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric DeSove here, continuing our series, talking to NLC alums, doing incredibly interesting and important work on the COVID front lines. Joined by 2019 NLC SF fellow, Sharina Karani is here. She's also on the board. She also works in tech. She also has some interesting ideas for us to consider and to hear. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Trina, do you feel like San Francisco is more locked down or LA is more locked down? Who's winning this race right now? I'm sorry to say it, but I think you guys are just getting hit really hard in LA right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah our stats are not good. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling a bit of, I mean, this is like something terrible to feel proud of in the sense that like, of course, people are suffering everywhere. Um, but I've been just so impressed with the leadership, the local leadership in particular in the Bay Area and how early they were able to get us all locked down and to the point where this kind of feels a bit like the new normal. Um, of course, that's coming from like mm-hmm. such a place of privilege to even be able to say that. Uh, but I do think that the early action has made such a difference in terms of just how I'm feeling like mentally right now as well as physically. Yeah, and one of the mental challenges for sure is just the dire economic news that's coming out day after day and, and new unemployment numbers or new layoff realities. It's it's really hard. And I know some of your work is focused on on trying to get resources to folks who don't traditionally get them. Give folks a, the scoop on, on how you're trying to kind of keep that work going in these, these very almost Great Depression-like times. Yeah, totally. So I think one of the things that I've been noticing, I haven't played too much in the public stock markets really at all, um, but have been active, I guess, in the private markets to a certain extent, um, with having started a couple of companies in the impact space myself around like water quality, around food waste, around climate change mitigation, um, and then actually getting into venture capital itself just to see what was like on the other side. Um, I think we can all agree that there's a lot of problems with the VC industry. Um, But one thing is true, and that's that it is funding a lot of the up and coming startups right now. So in terms of solving some of those problems around lack of diversity, around the fact that um, less than 2% of capital actually goes to women, just straight up women. And then if we're talking about women of color, I think that stat goes below like 0.05%. Um, So in terms of getting access to folks, that's something that I'm building now with Republic, which is effectively an investment platform that allows the average everyday person, you don't have to be a VC, you don't have to be a millionaire, you don't have to be accredited, um, and just lets you invest in like the startups that you think are interesting, exciting. And I think one of the things that we've been focused on now is how do we extend that to like all businesses, right? Tech has, and startups in general have just been this like sexy thing that people want to invest in want to get in on it's like great for you know dinner time conversation to like say the next company you invested in um but i think that there are so many other businesses that make up our sort of economy and those are often the ones that are struggling and they're especially struggling now um so i think what we're building with republic and the ways that we've been able to open up channels to support folks that are, yeah, your average sort of coffee shop on your in your neighborhood or, you know, downtown um, and helping them sort of stay alive and, and make it through this. So that's kind of been an interesting way of utilizing regulation from the SEC that has actually just recently been updated. That's just trying to help people and help communities help out their businesses, their own local businesses. 
And then I think people are very curious what tech's role will be in the next six to 12 to 18 months when it comes to a lot of the things we've seen in the news, whether it's immunity tests or speeding up vaccines or even you know tech contributing to fast production of ventilators, all these kind of things that we've seen in the news. What do you feel like is, is, uh, is a way that tech can contribute uh, in a real meaningful way right now? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of ways. I think for one is just stepping back a little bit um, and letting other types of businesses take space and making sure that they're getting the resources to stay alive um, and really make it through this. But then also really utilizing some of the things that like tech is famous for, right? It's famous for efficiency. It's famous for being able to scale, um, being able to reach people where they are. And I think that where tech can really be leveraged is using it for what it's good at. Um, and so one of those things that I'm currently working on right now is called Immune Core. And I think the the vision in the future is that there is going to be this like way for us to determine who's actually immune or not um, and really, you know, start bringing our lives back into the real world and outside of our homes. Uh, but until then, it's basically a way for people who are low risk, who or at least accept the risks, um, of COVID to be able to help people that are high risk um, and potentially, you know, even just stepping out of their home could be potentially really dangerous or even life threatening for them. So currently we're basically just building out a platform that connects those folks. And a lot of organizations are doing such incredible work in building mutual aid movements um, in neighborhoods and cities. And I think one of the things that we're really able to do is help them do their work better so whether that's coordinating with volunteers, um, sort of managing their databases, helping them sort of tell a person how to get from point A to point B without having everyone meet up in one place with 40 volunteers and then redistributing everyone um, and just helping mitigate some of those risks at, at the same time, support and coordination is just something that I think a lot of folks are, are missing at the moment. So those are things that tech is good at, right? It's like creating <clears throat> systems Sorry, tech is good at creating systems that allows people to be reached quickly and to, to get information and to know where to do and where to go and how to do things. So I think that's something that uh, I'm really excited about right now and has also given us the opportunity to have some really interesting partnerships. So there's a really great um, group in lower Manhattan called Vision Urbana that has been working with folks that are impoverished and that have really just kind of been left out of, of the sort of lower Manhattan cityscape for a while now. And it's kind of lifting them up and has been creating food pantries. But of course, now with COVID, um, those people aren't able to now come and actually pick out their food. So now they're actually figuring out a way to help people get their weekly groceries um, by creating effectively food bags. And they're doing 500 deliveries a week in just lower Manhattan. Um, in just like, you know, a matter of like five to six blocks. And they were literally like printing out Excel sheets and ticking off, um, you know, as each person would go out and make the delivery. And there was obviously some data that got a little bit messed up and someone would go to make a delivery, but the package had already gotten there. And so people who might need food aren't getting it. Um, and we were able to sort of come in and help them figure out how to better manage that and, and coordinate some of their volunteers. So I think there's some really exciting opportunities to help people on the ground, but also work with um, companies that are looking at how we're really going to be able to look at immunity in the future. So one of them is a group called Proteum, 
And they're a blockchain company that's looking at how to determine digital certificates to actually verify that people are immune. Um, and so obviously that's super in the early stages, but they've actually had some some great conversations with folks that do have access to health guidelines like the CDC um, and also want to really just get our society back alive and back out on the streets. So uh, there's some really interesting partnerships that have come out of that for sure. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of The Zag. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I know something else you're working on too politically is trying to engage communities and a very specific community to to vote in the upcoming election and, and probably, if we're being honest, to vote uh, in a more progressive way. Tell folks briefly what kind of things you're working on with the, the, the South Asian community. Yeah, so I identify as Indian American, and that's largely a part of this South Asian community and diaspora in the U.S. Um, and we're kind of affectionately referring to ourselves as they see blue, um, like the words they see blue, but also they see is what South Asians kind of call themselves or ourselves. And so there's a lot of, for one, just complete lack of voter turnout, um, just sort of a sense of a little bit of apathy of how does my vote make a difference? Do I really have a say? Do I really have a voice? Um, that definitely exists in the South Asian community, probably for good reason, but also there's also this perception that when South Asians do vote, they often vote Republican and they vote red. Um, and that's actually just simply not true. And so what we've been working on at They See Blue is really leveraging our shared cultural identity to help people not only get out the vote, but also vote blue. Um, they the, the team actually helped flip a couple of elections uh, back in 2018 and just saw a completely different experience than one where they were out, you know, knocking on doors without sort of targeting the South Asian community, where you'd get invited in for cha, you, you know, get offered to have lunch, you know, with the people whose, whose doors you're knocking on. And I think anyone who's ever knocked on doors, of course, there's some of those great folks that you talk to, but there's also a lot of door slamming. <laughs> Uh, so I think it's, it's such a sort of special experience to be able to um, actually use your culture to be able to connect with, with other people that share that um, and, and kind of build the sense of, you know, we're all on the same side, we're all on the same page, um, and there's certain values that we all care about. And, and let's, you know, use those to get you to do your civic duty, to vote, um, and ideally to, to vote blue. And the last thing, with you being a fellow last year, and we're already in the mode to recruit the fellows for next year, for 21, which would be an interesting experience for obvious reasons, what uh, kind of messages would you want to see NLC put out in terms of uh, attracting folks that you think would, would benefit the most from an NLC experience, given all that's going on in the country? Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, I feel like the message is the same as it's always been. You know, if you're if you're not happy with the situation right now, if you feel like we could be doing better, if you feel like you have good ideas and that you could be a part of that movement, um, then I think NLC is for you. So I think there's it's I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about NLC actually is that that message has always been consistent. Where regardless of what the political situation is, there's this acknowledgement that we can do better and that we deserve better. And so this is an opportunity for you, whoever you are, if you firmly believe that, then I think NLC is, uh, is, is for you. 
Love it. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on and hanging there up in the bay, and we'll hang in here down here. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Zag. We hope you're hanging in there out there, too. Make sure catch all episodes that we've been dropping in the last couple of weeks. There's a whole bunch of awesome, inspirational podcasts featuring alums doing great COVID frontline work. And we also dropped a bunch of episodes last week for Teacher Appreciation Week. A lot of educators doing important things for kids and families. Check those out, too. All the episodes are short and sweet. Get them at Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the places where you get your podcasts. They're all there. And until next time, we'll catch you soon. <laughs>